Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back to the 175th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. And today I'm going to share another favorite from the archives. And next week, I'll be sharing a whole brand new podcast. If I was going to ask you what you are feeling right now, what would you say? I hope you would say, I feel at peace. But unfortunately, this emotion is one that most moms have a hard time accessing. It's July, and hopefully you are slowing down and taking some time off this summer, or you are on a fun vacation with your family. I think one of the big reasons we look forward to the summer is that it will be more relaxing and we can finally get some relief from the stress of the school year and finally get some peace. Okay, time for some real talk, moms. It's summer. Do you feel any relief from the stress? Are you more at peace? Would you like more peace? Here's what I've noticed about myself. The summer has a slower pace, and I've had some time with my daughter, and I've planned some fun vacations with friends. But here I was in Austin visiting my sister, having a nice visit with my daughter and her boyfriend, but I still felt stressed. And I'm stressing about some real low-risk items like vacations, planning vacations. Bottom line, I'm not at peace, and there are a million reasons why I was justifying to myself that I wasn't at peace and why I was stressed. But this day in Austin, I called BS on all my reasons for being stressed. And then I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast, where she's doing a series on her book, Gifts of Imperfection, and she encouraged us to take her wholehearted inventory. And one of the guideposts had was like a scale. And on one end of the scale was anxiety as a lifestyle. And the other side of the scale was calm and stillness. So when I did my assessment, well, there was plenty of room for improvement on that scale. Goodness, I don't want my anxiety as a lifestyle. And moms, if we're not intentional... We will have a life driven by anxiety. And to state the obvious, anxiety as a lifestyle is the opposite of peace. I know you don't want anxiety as a lifestyle. If I talk to you over coffee, I know you tell me you would do anything to get more peace. Most of us think we will get some peace on our vacations. 
But as one of my moms told me recently, I wish I could have a week vacation after my family vacation. Over the years, many moms have told me about the fabulous vacations they've planned. One in particular was a sailing trip in the tropics where her family would sail to several islands. The mom had thought of every detail to make this trip the trip of a lifetime. But there was no joy on her face. In fact, the only thing I saw on her face was stress. I asked her what she was looking forward to on this amazing trip. And she looked at me with a blank face and said, I have no idea. The sad thing here is that she had factored herself out of enjoying her vacation. If her only goal is to make sure her family is happy, then mom's happiness is dependent on her children being happy. Well, that is a setup for more stress. So what does peace even mean? What does that look like? Well, here are some synonyms for peace. Harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility, serenity, calm, quiet, peace of mind, ceasefire. Who wouldn't want to experience these things? When we are at peace, we are calm. Instead of the stormy winds tossing our thoughts back and forth, there is a deep stillness, a sense of, I'm going to be okay. My family's okay. My son's okay. My daughter's okay. Our minds get quiet. We experience a peace of mind. And when we have this peace of mind, we are able to be truly present. We aren't reliving the past or making stories up about our future. We are present. I always know when I'm present because I start to notice beauty. If my mind is racing, I can walk past my flower gardens and not see anything. When I am present to my life, I notice when the hibiscus is blooming, and then I'll stop for a few seconds and take in those vibrant colors. When you are present, you show up for your teens and those you love. When you are present, you don't miss your life. You fully embrace it, and you don't miss those precious times with your family. When we are at peace and present, we are truly grateful for really everything When you are at peace, you are a better parent. And to have this peace of mind and to live in the present moment is something we must chase after because it won't happen naturally. So we are going to talk about five things that can rob us of peace. One, the first thing that can rob us of peace is believing that everyone needs to be happy before you can be happy. Why would this rob us of peace? Well, It's unrealistic. You make your well-being dependent on your teen's mood. If they are unhappy, you can take that personally like you did something wrong, or you can get offended. You think, how dare you be unhappy after all I've done for you? See, your teens are hardwired to be in bad moods. They will have fluctuating emotions. They will be on top of the world, and one bad text can have them do a nosedive into despair. When we believe that we can't be happy until they are happy, it can make us go into overdrive to do everything we can to make sure they are happy. We can exhaust ourselves from trying so hard, going from one store to the other to make sure we can get the right bathing suit for our daughters so we don't have to hear them go into a major meltdown. 
or we can get really irritated when we see them in a bad mood. You go into their room with the best of intentions to cheer them up and be a loving parent, but when they just keep saying, I don't know why he broke up with me. Why doesn't he love me? What's wrong with me? Well, after your best attempts to cheer her up and she is still unhappy, well, we moms can snap. I had this one mom admit in my Power Your Parenting program how she went into her daughter's room to cheer her up, but just ended up yelling at her. Our teens get to have their feelings, and they will get sad and angry and feel betrayed, feel dismissed, and they get to feel those feelings and learn how to move through them. Their feelings, a majority of the time, have nothing to do with you and your mothering. It's about them finding a place of belonging in their teen's culture and dealing with the pressure of comparison. If you feel your teen is stuck in rage or in depression or in anxiety, then please get them professional help. But if their moods are like storms that blow through and then the sun comes out later that afternoon, then you can know they are normal teens and they will be okay. When you have the reassurance that even if they're unhappy, they're okay, then you can be happy and peaceful even when they are not. In fact, that's the best gift that you can give your teen is that you are the unmovable anchor when your teen is tossed around in their emotions, in their adolescent storm. Two, another thing that can rob you of peace is being preoccupied all the time. Another way to say this is that you keep overthinking. You are the opposite of peace of mind. Your mind is like a teenage rave with a lot of people crowded on the dance floor of your brain. There is so much action in your brain that you miss what's really going on right in front of you. You're replaying what your husband or teen said to you the night before over and over again. And every time you think about how they rolled their eyes and walked out of the room, you feel the anger once again. Then you replay the thousands of times you went out of your way for them. And you think, what have they done for me? You actually can't think of one thing they've done for you, but you keep remembering other times you just went out of the way to show you care, and you get angrier and angrier. Then you think about, who would ever marry your son when he treats you like this? And then you picture how he will treat his future wife, all the while you're thinking about what your husband said about possible layoffs at work and his comment about maybe you should start helping out, and you feel this rush of anger. You think, like, I've never helped out? What have I done these past 15 years? Why did I leave my career to parent, and now my husband is accusing me of not helping out? This is what's running through your mind as you drive your teen to soccer camp. It's like he's not even in the car until he asks if you can stop at Chick-fil-A, and all you can feel is irritation. When you are preoccupied, you are lost in your thoughts. They are either rehashing the past or creating imaginary scenarios about the future. You don't look the cashier at the grocery store in their eyes. You don't notice your neighbors. You don't pay attention to your own body, what you fed it, or if you're tired, or if you need to work out. This preoccupied brain is holding you hostage and blinding you from what's right before you. The third thing that can rob us of peace is being busy. Being busy is another way to stay preoccupied. Our culture values productivity. 
We are busy because we want to be productive. We feel we need to be productive all the time. We just keep moving from thing to thing. And when we aren't doing anything productive, we still reach for something to keep our minds busy. We reach for our phones, social media, news, texts, emails, and then our minds are continuing to stay preoccupied and busy. This continual input of activity and input is another way that we disconnect from our own thoughts, feelings, and bodies. We disconnect from the ability to feel good, to feel delight, and enjoy our life. Again, we're not present to what lies right in front of us. We don't hear the birds singing or our own hearts beating. We just keep pushing ourselves to the next thing. For moms, it's when we are caught in the trap of being a mother machine. We just keep doing and doing and doing. This busyness is not good for your soul. One speaker said that when you live your life at 90 miles per hour, you're up to many things, but not presence and not peace. Another thing that can rob us of peace is perfectionism and control. And really, these things go hand in hand. If I asked you if you were a perfectionist, you probably wouldn't raise your hand because you'd think, my life isn't perfect. But what if I asked you if you thought there was a right way to do things and the right way to do things is your way? I know my way makes sense to me, and I think it should make sense to everyone else. So you think there's a right way to study, to load the dishwasher, to do the dishes, the laundry, to clean your room and make your bed. There's a right way to manage your money, run an event, organize a fundraiser, and the list goes on. What's fueling the right way to do things is our values, preferences, and expectations. What happens is if our spouse, child, friend, coworker, or boss don't do it our way, well, all the alarms go off in our head, and then we can obsess and try to control the situation. This does not go well with our teens. It definitely doesn't go well with your partner, friends, or coworkers. This can cause us unnecessary suffering. The way you know you have a control problem is that when someone is not doing it your way, how do you respond? Do you have the mental agility to shift and see it from their perspective and see that there are really other ways to approach the situation? Or do you start to obsess and strategize how you can get them to do it your way? You know, I definitely don't think I'm a controlling person. I'm pretty laid back. I'm the peacemaker on the Enneagram. And yet parenting my daughter highlighted that, yes, I think my way is the right way. And my daughter has strong opinions about her way to do things. So my daughter has helped me loosen my death grip of control. One of my clients was a girl who was a junior in high school in all honor classes and made straight A's. She was involved in sports and community service and didn't party. Really, it's what every mother would have hoped for. Yet her relationship with her mom was high drama, high conflict. This girl would tell me, my mom is such a perfectionist. My mom tries to control how I study and where I study. The mom wanted her daughter to do it her way, and yet her daughter had found her way to study. And since she was making straight A's, it was evident that her way was working just fine. But her mom had a hard time letting that go. That, my friend, is control. 
When my daughter was 21, she volunteered to cook the Thanksgiving dinner. I was thrilled. We went grocery shopping together. I told her to go get the vegetables and that I would go get the drinks. Immediately, my daughter got angry and snapped at me. At that moment, I realized that my daughter had her way to go grocery shopping, and since she was cooking, I needed to back off. That was a huge realization that my daughter had developed, quote, her way. Five, what robs you of peace is always being in the battle mode with your teens. When you are in battle mode, it's all about you winning. You say things like, I don't care if she hates me. I'm not supposed to be your best friend anyway. Battle mode is when you justify your means to your end. You justify yelling, threatening, labeling, shaming. You think it's for her own good. You see your teen as the enemy, and if you're honest, you really just don't like her right now. He or she just needs to do what you say, and when they do, you feel like you won the battle. So many things are wrong with this. Your teen can tell if you're mad at them and don't like them. They can read your energy. If you go in battle mode, they will react and go in battle mode right back. This is where both you and your teen can spiral out of control. You can have authority and set boundaries and guidelines with your teen and not be in battle mode. You can nurture the relationship with your teen and they'll soften. You can hold on to, I'm on your side here mentality. Be kind and nurturing and strong at the same time. Now we're going to talk about the five ways you can dial up the peace. And I know you want to. You may be thinking, how in the heck can a parent of a teen ever be peaceful? Well, I know. But no mom of a teen is going to be 100% peaceful at all times. But wouldn't it be great if you could do a few things that could dial up more peace in your life and bring you calm and stillness? And the good news is that you can. The first way to find some peace is to, drumroll, lower your expectations. One mom who is taking my Dial Down the Drama Book Club course told me, I've had a great week, and when I asked her why, she said, I lowered my expectations. And when I say lower your expectations, I don't mean that you have no expectation for your teens or that you don't have guidelines or boundaries. What I mean is that if your expectations are too high, you will always be upset with your teen or yourself, and your teen will feel you're always mad at them and that they can never do anything right. A few months into the pandemic, I started talking to moms and hearing things like, Now that my teen is home all the time, I see everything that's wrong with them, and it makes me feel like a terrible mom. So here's what will help. Mom, you've got time. You don't have to fix everything about your teen right now. They are biologically hardwired to be emotionally volatile and make impulsive decisions and not think things through. Many of the things that concern you will work themselves out over time. Let me give you a few examples of what I mean by lowering your expectations. If you're going on a vacation with your teen, don't expect them to be in the best of moods the whole vacation. 
you might be standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, and you are in complete awe as you look at the vastness of this natural wonder, while your daughter has a spontaneous meltdown for no reason except she doesn't like how she looks in her selfie. Don't expect your teens to be pleasant in the morning. There might be a few, but most are groggy and hangry. Give them the space to wake up. Don't expect your son or daughter to clean their room like you would clean their room. You can have some bottom lines like clothes need to be in a basket and off the floor, but just dialing down your expectations a few clicks will bring you some peace. The second way you can dial up some peace is related to lowering your expectations, and that is let it go. To achieve some peace of mind, you need to let some things go. And yes, that could be readjusting your expectations, but what I mean when I say let it go is letting go of all the mental chatter in your head. Are you holding on to some things in the past that you just need to let it go? What your coworker said, your husband forgot your anniversary, your teen told you to F off, or that they hated you? If you have dealt with the offense up front and gave the consequence and set the boundary, then you can let it go. Often, it's when we haven't dealt with something up front that we just ruminate over the offense over and over. I remember talking to a mom who was so upset about her middle school girl who would have temper tantrums in her mother's room every night. One night especially was bad, and this girl raged at mom, who had just climbed into her bed and picked up her favorite little book and started reading. Mom didn't react at first, and then the girl took a vase in mom's room and threw it on the floor, and it shattered. Then mom shot out of bed and dragged this girl back into the bedroom. Later, talking to mom, well, she just couldn't let it go. I asked mom, what happened the next day after she threw the vase? And she told me that she took her daughter shopping, and then her daughter spent the night with some friends. I asked mom, what were the consequences? And she looked at me with a blank stare, and she said, well, I guess I thought yelling at her was enough. Well, yelling is not a consequence, let me just tell y'all. Not only were there no consequence to this girl's behavior, but mom rewarded it with a shopping trip. When you let the consequences do the talking, you can let the mental dialogue go because there's closure. It's been dealt with and addressed. So moms deal with the behavior up front, let the consequences do the talking, and you will be dialing up your peace. One more thing on letting it go. When you go out with your friends for lunch or a nice dinner or glass of wine, don't keep talking about that terrible thing your husband did or what your teen said. If you have dealt with the offense, don't keep talking about it. Every time you talk about it, you are reliving that unpleasant event and getting upset all over again. And your friend may say something encouraging but it's not worth it for you to keep the negativity alive and triggered all over again. Of course, you need to process with a friend at first, but we can keep this thing alive by telling everyone we know about it. 
It's like you keep replaying a bad video that you hated the first time you watched it, but you just keep watching it. So let the past stay in the past and just enjoy a nice lunch with your friend. The third way to dial up some peace is to give yourself time to slow down. And this can be hard since you feel like you have to be productive all the time. When I say slow down, I don't mean that you do nothing. I mean you intentionally give yourself some space each day. One mom told me she felt guilty to even look at a magazine in the middle of the day. Look, I'm not talking hours and hours, maybe like 15 minutes. Another way to slow down is to not rush from one thing to another. Like you rush to work, you rush home, you start dinner, you rush off to a meeting. Give yourself five minutes to transition from home to work or work to home. Literally, just give yourself five minutes in the car to listen to a song you love or have a five-minute meditation. There's biology behind this. If you are always rushing, then your body feels like there's something wrong. It goes into stress response when there really is nothing going on except that you're rushing. So just slow your speed down a little bit. That tells your body everything's okay here. Often, moms, the advice that you give to your teens, you can give to yourself. I met with a mother and daughter. Mom was telling me that her daughter was always late, and it just threw everything off in the house, and everyone would have a bad day since they had to take this daughter to school. And we coached the daughter to leave her phone downstairs and get completely ready and then go down to the kitchen and have her breakfast, and then she could have 10 minutes to look at her phone without rushing. So that common sense that you would tell your own daughter or son Apply that wisdom to yourself. Moms, tweak your morning and evening schedule so you have a relaxing start to your day without rushing. Part of slowing down is to take a break from being productive all the time. I know that can make many a mom quiver in their boots, but for the moms who run a pretty tight agenda, schedule an hour of unproductive time. And if you want to be really scandalous, Schedule a whole day of unproductive time where you don't have to get anything done and you don't have to be anywhere. Remember, when you were in middle school and high school in the middle of the summer and you really had nothing planned, but you just met some friends by the pool and you stayed as long as you wanted? Well, an unproductive day is a day that just unfolds. If you do something, it's because it's spontaneous and sounds relaxing or fun. Give yourself the gift of an unproductive day. The fourth way you can dial up your peace is to make time for activities that help you feel peaceful. You know what it feels like when anxiety is a lifestyle. You know how that feels in your body. So what are things that you can do that will help your body calm down and be still? In other words, listen to your body and what does it need right now? You know how your body feels when you're stressed and how your body feels when you're at peace. What daily rituals do you have that bring you peace? I look forward to my morning ritual. My morning ritual brings me peace. I walk, I read, meditate, pray, journal. Listening to relaxing music helps. Lighting a candle helps. Walking or riding my bike brings peace to my body and mind. 
Cardio and yoga are a nice combination. Cardio releases stress chemicals in the body, and yoga helps you reconnect to your body through breath and movement. Walking along the ocean or hiking in the mountains brings me peace. Being with a close friend and enjoying their company can bring me peace. How about you? What are things that you can do to help you let go of the mental chatter and help your body calm down? I know for one of my friends, she loves to drive alone in the car in silence, and that's helpful. Moms, I would really encourage you to take five minutes and write three things down that you can do this week to dial up some peace. A great tool to give you strategies to dial up your peace at home and with your kids are my two award-winning books, Dial Down the Drama and Dial Up the Dream. Dial Down the Drama is a book you want to order if you have a middle school or high school student. Dial Up the Dream helps you with the stress of mothering a daughter ages 17 to 25. Both books go into a deep dive how you can protect your peace in the middle of those adolescent storms. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, and that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.